and welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. Listen to the end of this podcast to learn more about how you can be a part of Kids Ministry Circle, how you can find all of our resources, and how you can sign up to be a part of one of our cohorts. Hello, and welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. My name is Lauren Jackson, and I am joined by the rhythmed Becca Harris. Ooh, rhythmed. I've got rhythm. Is that I've got? I I shouldn't have sung that, but I do like to DJ on the side. So hot take, hot take. You DJ Becca. You are power hands, and I am DJ Larray. So. It's true, <laughs> true statement. But that's not what we're talking about today. No, no. Today we're talking about rest. Yes. And Lauren, as both you and I have been in ministry for quite some time, rest can be a really hard it can thing be. to do. So, um, yeah, how how do we actually find rhythms of Sabbath and rest while working in vocational ministry. Because I learned pretty quickly when I transitioned to working in church from a camp job that the people, this is going to sound bad, but they, people need things all the time. Like when you work with people, the work doesn't is not bound by time or hours. Um, there are things that happen uh, all the time. There are circumstances outside of our control when working with people that seem to never stop. So how do we not work all the time when that's the case? Yes, it is really easy to say the phrase when things slow down. Oh, yeah. But newsflash, things don't ever slow down. There's always something happening and there's always events to be run. And in case you missed it, Sundays happen every seven days. Yeah, with alarming regularity. So And so it can be very easy to get stuck in the Sunday to Sunday rut and a year goes by and you're like, oh, I never used any of my vacation time. Um, and so we thought it would be good to spend an episode talking about rest and finding rhythms of Sabbath because we are called to rest and to find rest and take a Sabbath and um, how do we do that when ministry can happen all the time? And for someone who, like me, loves her job, I would enjoy working seven days a week. I love what I get to do and have loved what I've gotten to do in the church world. And um, that's I feel like that's a common excuse of, well, I love my job. It's fun. It's not overwhelming to me. Um, but how do we continue to keep rest and Sabbath at the forefront, even when we love our jobs? Yeah. I think a couple of things to remember before we get into is this, this is not a um, suggestion per se. Rest, <laughs> as I like to say, is one of the big 10, the 10 commandments. Um, I mean, if you were walking around murdering someone, Lauren, we would call you out for it. I hope but so. We don't, people out for not resting in fact sometimes we honor it um whether it's on accident or on purpose and so i think we have to remember that uh just this 
going to be a really quick overview, but just like, what is the purpose of rest? I mean, God gave us Sabbath. He created it, not because he was tired on the seventh, but he created it for us um, because he knew we needed rest, that we are bound uh, by human limits. Uh, but also the Sabbath rest is what sets us apart as his chosen people. And so as ministry leaders, we are leading God's chosen people. So we should be obeying the command to honor it as holy so that we are demonstrating that he is, that we are his. Um, it's one of the marks of, of God's people. And so when I think of that, um, and I zoom out in that, that's what the purpose is, that I'm demonstrating that God's in control enough for me to have a day or two off, um, that he's big enough to handle those things. My heart needs to believe that, but I'm also demonstrating and declaring that, that my worth and my value are not found in all that I do, even if all that I do is like really good. Um, and so I think we need to remember that that's what that's for. And so every time we Sabbath or we rest, it often feels like a sacrifice mm -hmm. because it is. It is our heart having to die to ourself and to trust God and his plans. Um, so just know we, we might talk about all the practical ways we do it today, but almost every time you're going to feel some kind of tug of the, well, I can't do it this time. Um, and there's going to be things that come up that sure that's the case, but overall our hearts bent is not to rest and trust God. Our hearts bent is to be in control of our own world and our own lives and for people to need us and want us and applaud us. And so the point of a Sabbath is like a daily or a weekly reminder where we spend a day or rest or whatever that time looks like where we're reminded that he is God and we are not. And so, um, yeah, so that's like what we mean by, rest, not just sleeping and watching Netflix, um, right. but on honoring God in that, in that actual discipline. And at the same time, then we can sometimes flip the coin cause we're sinful people and we can say, well, I'm entitled to this. So don't contact me here or don't whatever, or there is a true need that arises in the church. And we suddenly find ourselves, you know, kind of like the story of the good Samaritan where we're too busy and passing by someone who actually really needs our attention. Um, we want to have the kind of the mindset of ministry is a, is a lifestyle. It's not just a nine to five vocation. Um, and so most of us probably land on an air on the side of working too much. But sometimes when we swing to correct that, we can draw some really hard boundaries that actually make us um, idolize kind of that rest in time. So um, before we talked about how do we actually do it, I want to get into the kind of just setting that mentality of what it is and, and, and what it isn't. So totally. Yeah. And I will say, I can speak for myself. I won't speak for you, Becca. But this is something that I am still learning and still trying to find good rhythms for. And if you are like me and a parent of little children, they don't rest. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Sabbath for the four-year-old. Um, and so our Sabbath as a family looks very different than maybe someone with kids in school or maybe ministry leaders that don't have kids or have kids that are now out of the house. And so at every age and stage, Sabbath looks different. Um, I know for me in the past, uh, churches that I've worked at, we were off on Fridays. And so that was a natural day off. And I know some churches have Mondays off. And so uh, typically, most churches do not operate on a Sunday to Friday work rhythm. 
uh, most churches give their staff Friday off. And uh, that was always a really helpful rhythm for me because I knew Fridays were not a day focused on work. Now, of course, just like Becca said, things would come up and events would happen on Fridays and you'd have to go in to your office or to your church. But for the most of the time, Fridays were our days off. And um, and that was always a time for us to get a little extra sleep, to catch up on maybe some errands to run. But also we tried and we still try to have a really fun family meal and make Fridays a fun day where we could take the kids somewhere fun. Um, if it's not winter here in Colorado, we get outside and just kind of take that big sigh of fresh air um, just to kind of, one, acknowledge God and acknowledge who he is. And again, what Becca said was so good of just remind ourselves that our job and ministry still happens even if we are not attached to our email and attached to Slack or um, constantly checking in with our teams. Yep. Yeah. I think when I think of some practical rhythms that have like helped me, um, I, to have a Sabbath meant I actually needed to plan ahead for it. Right. So everybody's wired differently, but like for me, I really can't have a messy house on a Sabbath. Um, and so I don't want to wake up on my Sabbath and clean the house so that I can then rest. So that means that maybe the Thursday night before or for whatever it looked like in that season, you know, I might work up to having a clean house or at least a clean enough house to be able to like get up and, and rest. Um, I find that, you know, for me, a lot of the hope that I have for a Sabbath is like, restoration with the Lord. I, I feel like I usually run really hard through the week. And so I need some help. I kind of vision it as like, I want to sit with him so that my heart is like re-knit back to him. Um, because in my sin and my busyness, I'm going to, you know, be separated from him. And, um, and even if I've been in the word every day, there are still things that just happen through the week that I just need to, I need extra time with him. And I kind of just view it as that. And so I try to make uh, just extra time. It doesn't have, I don't put a time limit on it. I'm not like there's four hours of scripture meditation. That might be awesome, but that's not always what it looks like. I just want to set aside more purposeful time, um, longer time than normal, or maybe I eliminate something else. Like a lot of times for me, I've decided I don't want to watch TV on a Sabbath because if I'm really looking to be like reconnected, re-knit to the Lord, then I really want to limit uh, anything that would distract me from actually doing that with him. And so it may not be bad to sit down and watch Ted Lasso, but I, that's not going to be what connects my heart to the Lord. And so I want to eliminate that. Or maybe it's even the music that I choose to listen to is just going to be ones that songs that direct my mind and heart to him. And so those are just kind of choices, but I have to be proactive in that stuff. If I just like, I'm like, Oh, tomorrow's Sabbath. And I just like wake up and I haven't been proactive in preparing my house or getting things done beforehand that I'm going to still do all those things and have the best intention of resting, but I won't actually be able to do it. And so, um, that means like when I'm wrapping up work, I, you know, I like pause my inbox. I turn off notifications. I have, uh, a different notification setting for when I have habits of who gets to actually get my attention. And I honestly try to be away from my phone most of the time. Anyways, that might mean leaving it up on my nightstand 
until I actually need it to do something or go somewhere. And so, um, because I want to be focused on him. And so I read a book a while back called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And guys, I cannot recommend that book enough. Um, doesn't mean you have to do everything in there that he says. Like, I still shop on Sabbath. Sorry, John Mark. Um, but uh, there are other things in there that were just so helpful. He just talks about how hurry um, in life in general is is the opposite of, of the life we were meant to live in Jesus. And so... Um, that's a great book on, on how to rest there. Um, but you know, I think looking particularly at kids ministry and vocational ministry, some of the reasons we don't rest is because some of the things that we need to happen on Sunday, something happens Friday or Saturday when we're supposed to be resting. So what do we do, Lauren? I don't know. I mean, there were so many times where, and I'm sure all the listeners are just nodding their head in agreement but you'd get that text or that call from a volunteer on Friday night or Saturday morning and something has happened in their life to where they can't serve anymore. And you're like, okay, I have to figure it out. I have to make some calls. I have to send some emails. And there were times even at the stone when we were working together where we had something happen. I think this was during COVID where, we would be getting ready to publish all of our at-home stuff. And we had so many teams working on it, and it was so incredible just the amount of people that played a role in getting things up and going virtually. But sometimes that wouldn't hit until Friday. And so we'd be sending out all of the at-home material on Friday or Saturday, and it's just having – it's hard to have boundaries Mm -hmm. in – vocational ministry and just like what Becca was saying of sometimes things come up and sometimes things happen and especially when it comes to working with volunteers who they don't work on Saturdays and some some most of them do work on Fridays and so you don't really hear from them until that Friday night and Saturday morning and it's hard it's hard and I will say every week looks different Mm -hmm. there are some weeks where you don't get any call outs on Saturday. And there are some weeks that you end up working the majority of the day on Saturday, just reshuffling volunteers. And it's hard. And I feel like I wish I had more solutions. I wish I had more answers. Um, But no, if that's you, if you are saying, I, this is something that I deal with every week, you are not alone. And I, um, and is, much as I would like to say you can just prepare, sometimes you can't prepare. Yep. And how do you, I think the bigger question in that situation is how do you not let it ruin the rest of your Sabbath? Yeah. And how do you spend a couple hours reshuffling volunteers, making some phone calls and trying to fill spots and then shutting it back down yep. and not getting sucked into that work mindset um but really being able to then return back to how you were resting um in those days yeah i think one thing that's been helpful too and i encourage our staff to do is like um you know we're jesus expects faithfulness from us um and there's so many things beyond our control so um as a supervisor i expect our team to be faithful not perfect 
And so it's like if there's a bunch of cancellations, we kind of have set, like, here's what faithfulness looks like to fill the spot. It may mean making this many calls. It's only this many. Um, instead of spending eight hours going back and forth, back and forth, it's like we've called or texted five other people. We will get what we get, and we've been faithful um, and kind of setting that expectation. And so I think a big part of that is if there's no, if we don't have a conversation with a supervisor or anyone else kind of speaking into that, we'll, we'll carry that burden ourselves. And we kind of feel like we have to close a classroom or things don't get done on Sunday morning. We've disappointed everyone and we have somehow failed. So I think that's a pressure that we feel, but I think having that conversation with the supervisor is helpful. So they get to work with you and they know too. So if you closed classrooms, they're like, well, did you work on calling the five volunteers? Yeah, I did. Okay. Well, you were faithful. This is what God provided. And then I remind our, you know, I have so many people that I work with that would work themselves to death um, to make sure that we can serve families on Sunday. And that's a really high value. Um, but at the end of the day, it can't be at the cost of um, being, you know, being being a son or daughter of Jesus first. You know, I don't, I don't want to marry Martha situation where you get so bitter and upset from working so hard. Um, that you find yourself complaining. And so I, I, I think setting that and reminding our team too, that like, listen, at the end of the day, be faithful. We pray, we ask. And if God needed that classroom open, he literally could make somebody from dirt tomorrow morning. He could pull a rib out and do it too. And like, I know that seems silly, but like he works in the supernatural. He literally could do that if it was something that needed to be done. Um, and I have watched him. I've not watched him make anyone out of dirt or ribs. But I have watched him bring somebody on Sunday in the morning that was just like, hey, we were supposed to be at soccer tournament. It got rained out. We're here. Do you want help this morning? And I'm like, oh, yes. You know, I've watched him provide those things. Um, and so, again, the point of a Sabbath is to remind ourselves that who is in control and who is all-powerful. It's not us. And so I think being reminded that, be faithful to do what we can do. And then we, we turn it off and we trust him with it. And, um, there's going to be people who are disappointed, discouraged, frustrated, um, all along the way. But my, our value is not found in them. It's found in being a faithful son or daughter of Jesus. And so that would be my encouragement because there's going to be times where you're able to fill those sub spots. And there's times where you've got a kid's birthday party or a, a bridal shower or like whatever. And, still go to those things and be, be just be faithful to do what you can do and, and trust the Lord. And, um, you know, we kind of laughed about, you know, making calls and emails on Saturday. I got to a point where no one would answer my call on Saturdays because they <laughs> knew if I was calling them on Saturday, I was probably because I needed their help on Sunday. And so even that method became less effective, but I know I've set, set times too, that are like, Hey, I'm just not going to check email or whatever until, 6 p.m. on Saturday or 7 p.m. on Saturday, and then I'm going to work for a little bit till this thing or whatever. Just kind of set some boundaries so you don't get pinged and constantly thinking about it. Um, and you'd be be faithful to do what you could do. Um, so yeah, I think it's always going to be hard. Uh, people, the you know, ministering and leading people never stops, and so um, there will always be people. Um, but we we need to prioritize. Um, rightfully not entitled but rightfully in of of worshiping and being with our lord and resting and knowing our human self has limits yep he created us with those limits he put us in this position with those limits yeah knowing that about us and so um that's okay um yeah we're we're not going to be able to perform perfectly uh on this side of heaven so
Yeah, for sure. I would love to kind of think practically if you are listening to this and you are stuck and you want to implement boundaries and you want to implement rhythms of rest, but you're not sure where to start. Mm -hmm. um, I would love to just throw out some practical things. I think I loved what Becca said about talking to your supervisor, talking to your boss, talking to your pastor, even though you are on staff, he, he or she is still your pastor. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think sharing that with someone is a really great first step. If you are listening to this and you are on the verge of feeling those feelings of burnout, please go talk to somebody yeah. and share yeah. that. Another thing once you talk to your supervisor is just assessing your technology and is your phone on loud all day? Even when you get home from work, is your phone on you at all times to where the second it dings, you are looking at your phone, checking email, responding to text messages and answering things on Slack or whatever communication tool you guys at your church may use, um, just assess that. What is that? What do those rhythms look like? Does your team know, the team that maybe you supervise or that you are on, do they know that, hey, after 5 or 6 p.m., I'd like to not respond or I will not respond until the following day unless uh, you say this or ping me this way and that way I know that it's an emergency. I always knew, I think this is, I think Becca did this. Becca made the rule that you can contact her on Slack for work things mm -hmm. and that's a work thing. Mm -hmm. And then if it was an emergency or something personal because- Or fun. Or like fun. Because we were friends outside of work. That was always a text message on her phone. Yep. And that way she knew, I'm speaking for you now, she knew <laughs> that it was an emergency or that it was something fun yep. and it wasn't something specific to work. And so um, if you are not using a function like Slack, I know Microsoft team has a, has a chat. I think Google has mm -hmm, a chat. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of ways to keep work things at work and then personal or fun or uh, emergency things can be left to your phone. Yep. Yep, I think the more you can separate that stuff out, the more helpful it is. Because, you know, like Lauren and I's relationship, we had a working relationship, but also we were friends. And so I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want that to be ever, can you know, mixed up together. I wanted to be like, we, you know, when it's a text, it's like, you know, only an emergency or it's fun. Like it's come, come have dinner, come do these things. Um, you know, and if it's Slack, it's work related. And then we, I have the, the freedom and the boundary when I decide to log into Slack, I can see what work things are waiting there for me instead of someone who has an idea at 9 PM and it's just an idea. And they're like, Hey, tomorrow we should talk about their idea. And they text it to me. Now that's in my brain and I have re-engaged in work and I was trying not to, but they can do that on Slack and that's just fine. And then tomorrow I'll see it when I log in or, you know, when I get back from vacation or those kinds of things. So, again, we used Slack, um, but maybe you're, you're, maybe it's email for you guys and you don't log into your work email after certain hours, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, I would recommend assessing how, you're, how accessible you are on your technology. Um, and to be able to rest, usually we need to have 
our technology not driving that rest or not able to interrupt that rest. So separating yourself from it is super helpful. One last tidbit that I found that changed the way that I rested. Uh, I was listening to a podcast and I can't remember what podcast it was, but it talks about how different people rest differently and people, and this is just a generalization. It may not be, it may not apply to you, but people that use their brains a lot at work tend to rest with their hands and people that have a very hands-on job tend to rest using their brain. So this was really helpful for me because my job was very head focused. I was constantly thinking of things, thinking about vision and plans and organizing, and it was very much all up in my brain. And so I love to do things with my hands, like bake or do crafts or have a movie on. I went through a phase where I did puzzles and just like things that were obviously everyone made bread, right? That was a thing. Everyone baked bread. Or attempted to bake bread. Yes. During (laughs) the pandemic. So doing things with my hands like gardening and uh, painting, those kind of projects were always really fun for me because it turned, it allowed me to turn my brain off. And so I think practically speaking, find what works for you. Some people like to read on their Sabbath. I found if I read a book, especially one that was about ministry, I would automatically trigger thinking about my job. And so I just had to, I had to do a trial and error season where I had to figure out what worked. Yep. Yeah. Similarly, just figure out what's most restful for you. So for me, like being active and outdoors, you know, um, similarly working with my hands, but it, I'm not a crafty person. It's like working in my garden um, or or going on a bike ride, um, those things. So, um, yeah, find what works for you. What helps you best connect to the Lord? That's the purpose of the Sabbath, mm-hmm. to like reconnect to the Lord, refocus, be refilled. And so what helps you do that? Um, that's what you need to fight for. And know, too, that as you're adjusting to this rhythm, so you may finish this podcast and be like, I, I can't start that this week. Okay, well, then start with half a day and work up, like, um, or start with different segments of time. Um, have conversations with your supervisors or with your volunteer teams so they begin to know expectations, too, so they don't feel ignored or, um, you know, disrespected by a slower response from you on the days you're resting. Um, I think that's important. Um, and just start somewhere. Um, because I used to, I used to be notorious for using the phrase, I'll rest when I'm dead. Um, and, uh, you know, someone, I it used to create a lot of chuckles, but I think, you know, someone quickly was like, I know you're trying to be funny, but that's actually not a great, that's, that's not what the Bible talks about as, as resting. Um, and that's, as a leader, you can't have that as your kind of mindset and your example for others. And so, um, I think, you know, learning to to die, to deny myself and to trust that what the time that God's given me was enough to get done what he thought needed to be done allowed me to rest. So, yeah. All right. That is our conversation about resting and kids ministry. I hope you guys found this helpful. I hope you are able to walk away with just some tips on how to either start rhythms of rest or continue and persevere through um, the things that like to get in the way of our rhythms of rest. 
Um, if you have more questions about rhythms or would like to learn more about Kids Ministry Circle, you can head over to kidsministrycircle.com to learn more. And we hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Before we go, I have a couple of announcements. First, our summer cohort signups are open. Our Kids Ministry Circle cohort is an opportunity for you to connect with other kids ministry leaders, share ideas, encourage one another, and be equipped to lead your ministry well. If you would like to sign up for our summer cohort, you can head over to kidsministrycircle.com to learn more and sign up. If you would like to submit a question for our podcast, you can head over to kidsministrycircle.com slash podcast and submit a question that we can answer in a later episode. Don't forget, if you would like to stay up to date on all the happenings of Kids Ministry Circle, you can follow us at Kids Ministry Circle on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so our latest episodes get dropped in your podcast player automatically. And our last thing, if you would like to get our monthly resource roundup email, you can sign up to be on our email list over at kidsministrycircle.com. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.